Welcome to Self Love Tarot, a podcast about enriching our lives through practical spirituality, self love, and of course, the tarot. I'm your host, Gretchen Evangelista. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Self Love Tarot. Thanks for tuning into this episode today. And before we get started, I just wanted to share with you this new tarot deck that I got. And I actually, if you hear something ruffling in the background, that's me pulling the cards out of this beautiful box. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys that I got the um, Pagan Other Worlds Tarot. I just got it maybe a week or so ago. And let me just tell you, this deck is divine. (laughs) And let me just tell you, it takes a lot out of me to want to actually use another deck. I know a lot of people who are into tarot and everything, they love buying different types of decks and they have lots of decks that they use all the time. And I am just pretty simple when it comes to tarot, when it comes to reading for myself and for other people. I really like to just stick with my traditional Rider Waite Smith deck. It's like my comfort zone, you know, like I'm familiar with the imagery. I'm familiar with the the symbolism and the history behind the cards. And I guess it really is just my comfort zone. So when I'm faced with a new deck of cards, uh, it takes me a while to really get adjusted to them. It's kind of like meeting a new person, right? Like before you're friends with them, you kind of have to get to know them. You kind of see whether or not you can trust them or not. And then as you start to familiarize yourself with them and um, you start to talk to them a little bit, then you get a little bit more comfortable and you're like, okay, okay, we can be friends. (laughs) And it's funny because you would think that I would be a little bit more um, fluid and flexible with the cards because it's really not about knowing the symbolism and knowing the things by book. It's really also about honing in on your intuitive skills and really tapping into whatever message that might be coming across from the place of spirit instead of the place of the intellect and logic. So, I know I'm rambling on here, but I just wanted to convey to you guys what a big deal this was for me to go all out and buy this deck. I really love these cards. So far, I've just been looking at them and playing with them and not really doing anything super intentional or serious with them just yet. Like I said before, I want to get to know these cards and let these cards wine and dine me and let me wine and dine it before I ask it to another date or some serious commitment. That sounds so weird, but that's just me with my cards. But anyways, yeah, so if anyone's interested in checking these out, um, it is on uusi.com I believe I'll link the um I'll put the link in the show notes later on if anyone's interested so anyways I hope you guys enjoyed that little segment the whole meat of today's episode is going to be about this amazing story and it's so funny because as it was happening before anything was ever resolved I said with complete certainty that I was going to share this exact story on my podcast and it was going to be an amazing story that demonstrates the power of trusting the divine for every single thing in your life, even the things that are happening around other people. 
So this story is for people who never know what to do when other people around you, especially your loved ones, um, in which we do have the most attachment to. And, you know, we care so much about their well-being and happiness. This is a story of how to deal with other people's pains and struggles and loss. And luckily in this story, we're not dealing with anything super major. Spoiler alert, it's about my boyfriend losing very valuable items that are very expensive as well. And so I hope the lightness of this story can help you absorb the lesson within it to a greater capacity. Honestly, after this happened, now moving forward, I do believe that, at least for my life, this is the best way to handle things, whether it's on the smaller scale of loss and struggle or a bigger scale, like let's say someone falls ill or is depressed or loses a loved one. I believe this is applicable to any situation. So this happened just a couple of days ago. I was sitting in my kitchen editing a podcast and I was feeling super aligned and happy and joyful. And I felt like I had so much positive momentum. I love the episode I was editing and I was really excited to hear the final product of it. And as I was sitting there, all happy and feeling good, I get a single text from my boyfriend that said, FML, FML, FML. And my boyfriend never uses FML. So I got the feeling that whatever just happened was about to be a huge deal. And then I finally receive his text with this huge thing that had just happened. And it said, I just forgot my backpack with my two laptops, a Nintendo Switch, and my new iPhone in it on an Amtrak train. And I will tell you guys, honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh my gosh, how could you forget that on a train? And then I recalled another time where he left his switch on an airplane and thankfully he got it that time, but my mind went into the automatic, how could you do that mode? And it was this voice that almost sounded like something my mother would say. And so let's just stop here and do a little emotional inventory. I went from being super happy and excited to immediately frustrated and judgmental, all within two seconds. And I honestly think this is one of the reasons why people tend to be so suspicious of happiness, because we've all had experiences like this before, where we're joyful, everything is going right, we're happy, and then all of a sudden we get a call from our parents saying that our dog has passed away, or we're walking on the road and we step in a big ditch and then break our ankle. And just through being conditioned in that way, over time we develop the suspicion of positive emotion. Like things can never be good for too long. Something is bound to go wrong at any point. So being happy for some of us means being extremely vulnerable. And it feels awful to fall from an extremely positive state into an extremely negative state super quickly. However, if we are willing to let our conditioned mind's experiences and old stories, if we are willing to become aware of those things and let go of it, that is when miracles can occur. And that is how we can stop determining our happiness based on the conditions that surround us. And over time, we can develop a sense of unconditional joy and happiness.
And so at this point, he's still texting me about how the train station's lost and found is closed and how he doesn't know how he's going to be able to work and how his only hope is that someone from Antrac finds it. And while he's doing all that, I'm like catching myself in the middle of my own judgment of him in his situation. My mind is just rambling on and on and saying, how could he do that? How could he be so irresponsible? There are so many valuables in the backpack, like thousands of dollars. I would have never done that. I would have never left my backpack of valuables on a train like that. And so I'm catching my mind saying all of this. And I took a second and I paused. I knew if I had responded to his text messages from the place of the mind and its current dialogue, I would not at all be helping him as much as I would like to. If I respond from this current state of frustration and just saying, oh my gosh, how could you do that? I would be making the situation worse. I would be feeding into his fear and making that bigger and more amplified. And so with that realization, a natural intention came forth within me. I wanted to be able to help him. I wanted to make sure that he is okay. And the truth is, I don't need to care about the valuables because I know life always brings us amazing blessings, even if at first we might not be aware of it. So then from that point, from that realization, I started to affirm within me, This could very well be the best thing that has happened to him. This situation is happening for him. All is well. Miracles are a natural and normal occurrence. Miracles happen all the time. Everything's going to be okay. This is not his fault. He is under direct guidance from his inner being. This is all unfolding from a place of love. And when I start to get into that flow of, you know, total trust and knowing that the outcome of this was going to be amazing, that is when I specifically remember stating, this outcome is going to be amazing and I'm going to share this story with people and it's going to be a fantastic story to tell. So as all that's going through my mind, all within a matter of minutes, I was able to get back into the state of well-being and centeredness. And I shifted my focus from judgment and believing in his scarcity and loss in the situation to focus on the divine plan and knowing everything happens for a reason. And everything that happens is the most amazing thing that can happen for all of us. And I was able to focus on his own inner being that is guiding him at this point in time. So from that point, my response became, what can I do to help? And that is all I texted him. And so here's the thing. When I used to have panic attacks all the time back when I was in college, what really helped me was when people didn't add to my panic with their own panic. My mom, she is a seasoned nurse with 30 years of experience. And let me just tell you, if you're going to have a panic attack, have a panic attack with her. And you might actually have this experience too if you grew up with nurses in your family. They just don't add panic to your panic. They're able to keep a calm, steady energy about the situation. 
And I'm going to interrupt this story with another brief story. I went to Punta Cana a couple of years ago, and I had accidentally eaten something that I was allergic to, to which I had a minor reaction to. I think the only thing that really happened was that my lips were just a little bit swollen, but just that in itself just triggered me into a full panic attack. And I remember I was in the bathroom of the restaurant with my mom, and I was like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And I was like freaking some girl out who's in the bathroom peeing. But at that point, I didn't even care. In my mind, I was just picturing myself in full blast anaphylaxis and having them need to helicopter me to a hospital. And in the middle of all that chaos, my mom just stood there with me and said, you're okay. You are okay. And my mom has seen a lot of stuff over the years. She was a trauma nurse for 20 years, more than 20 years, I think. So in comparison, this was not at all at any concerning level for her. And so she stayed really calm about it. And she didn't say, oh my God, let me check your pulse. Let me check your temperature. Let's get the medical team here stat. She didn't feed into my fear. And you know, when you are in such a state of panic, it's like that flight or fight state, you would think you would want someone to be taking you seriously for what you're saying. But I think by that point, I was pretty aware of my panic attacks. So it felt really calming and reassuring to have someone there who wasn't willing to feed into the fire and buy into the fear that my mind was making. Instead, she was as steady as a rock. And that is what saved me in those moments. She stayed in that calm, emotional state for me. And with that, I was able to start to calm down a bit. So anyways, back to my main story here. The biggest takeaway is this. Sometimes when people are panicking, the best thing you could do is to focus on their well-being and be willing to hear them out with compassion and hear the stories that they might be telling you, but don't buy into the stories. For example, the conditioned mind within the situation with my boyfriend here was all about lack and scarcity and loss. And I listened to all that, but I refused to buy into the belief that something had gone wrong and that this was a horrible situation. I chose to focus on his own well-being and chose to focus that he was being guided in the right direction and that I was willing to hold that steady vibration, that steady energy for him in the midst of all of this. And I was ready to be of service. I was ready to help and move towards a solution rather than dousing myself in the fear of it all too. So his response to my question of what can I do to help was of course, nothing in all caps and an exclamation point. And then he went on a rant about how, of course, lost and found his clothes and how it's literally sitting right there on the train and he wished he could have just gone back and just grab it and all this stuff. So I just let him do his thing. I figured the less words for me at this point, the better. Because I'm not gonna try to make him feel better. And I'm not gonna try to have him think the same thoughts as me. Because imagine if you're in a panic and someone just says to you, you know what? This could be the best damn thing that could happen to you. You could just be more positive about this situation. How helpful do you think that really is in a situation where someone is in a panicked state? And I think if that were me, I would just want to punch this person, honestly. 
So I let him rant on a bit, and in my mind, I was just picturing myself sending loving energy to him. And then eventually, he naturally just said, thank God I had my wallet in my jacket. And then I was like, jackpot. (laughs) I was like, yes, okay, that's good, that's good. I was willing to respond to that. So I said to him, yes, that's great. And I try not to get too excited about it, but I was really excited that he was able to access some gratitude in the midst of all of it. And from there, I felt inspired to do a little Google search to see if there was a number that we could call for lost and found. And I started to ask him questions about the train number, where it was heading. And I just went into the super resourceful state for him. However, it was really late in the evening and everything was pretty much closed. So it seemed like there was nothing that could be done for now. And then suddenly, I got the best idea. It was the night before Valentine's Day and I knew he had been traveling and it was late and he was probably really exhausted, especially after everything that had happened. I got the best idea to surprise him by ordering him a delivery so he wouldn't have to worry about what to eat when he gets home. And I don't know about you guys, but I love surprising people. And so as I followed that impulse, it continued to unfold itself and it became more and more excited. I wanted to get him one of those heart-shaped pizzas that they have around Valentine's and I knew pizza would be the fastest in terms of getting to his apartment so it was the perfect plan. And so I ordered it and my boyfriend loves surprises too so I texted him not to eat anything because something amazing was about to arrive for him and guys I just got so excited doing this for him. I don't know why but I do know that this entire situation was unfolding perfectly and my intuition was giving me the exact right guidance moment by moment. And I, over the years, I've just learned to trust my impulses and the things that I'm inspired to do because even though it might not seem like it makes sense in the moment, it always leads to more amazing things. And so let's do an emotional inventory here. I'm excited, I'm flowing, I'm feeling really good. And he's still over there feeling loss, sadness, regret, and like there's no hope. And here's the thing. Most of us, especially those who are empaths, people who feel other people's feelings, we believe in order to help the situation and help other people, we need to be in the same emotional vibration as the other person. For most of us, it can feel wrong to be so happy when our loved one over there is in despair. But here's the thing. If we truly want to help other people, we cannot be in the same emotional vibration of the problem as them. And I'm not saying that being in the vibration of the problem is wrong. It's completely natural for us to be in that state. It's completely natural for my boyfriend to be focused on the problem at that moment. What they are focused on is not our concern. What he is focused on at the moment is not something I need to rush in and fix. We are only concerned about what we are focused on. But if you have the desire to be of assistance to them in their time of need, we need to be at the level of the solution. We can't help them from within the problem mindset. And so the greatest thing that I could do in this situation is to get happy myself and to follow that inspired impulse to get him the heart-shaped pizza, even though it seems totally irrelevant. 
but to bask in the excitement of it. Because at that level, at the level of joy, that is always where the solutions are. That is where all the solutions are all the time. And for most of us, happiness doesn't seem practical when it comes to problem solving. It's like, no, I don't have time to be happy. I need to frantically do this and do that and figure out this and that and make this happen. And then I need to fix this. How could happiness ever solve this? We think happiness is irrelevant when we're trying to help others, but there is nothing further from the truth. And it's not their happiness we need to be concerned about. It's our happiness. Because in only being concerned about our happiness, we approach the situation from joy and all of our interactions with them are coming from a place of joy. And that is what gives them an opportunity to tap into that joy as well if they want to do the same at that time. And so really buying the heart-shaped pizza for him seemed like I was doing it to cheer him up. But if you really think about it, I was doing it for me. I was doing it because I felt so happy doing it. And here's the difference. If I was doing it for the purposes of wanting to change his emotional state and I had this pizza delivered to him and let's say since he was still so down about losing his items, he didn't respond as nicely as I'd hope. What if like, let's say he was in a really grumpy mood and he said, pizza won't help me right now. It won't help me get my stuff back. I'm too sad to eat. You shouldn't have gone through trouble. And if he had said that and I had given him the pizza in order to evoke a more positive response for him, then at this point, my reaction would be like, oh, how ungrateful he is. I'm just trying to help. I'm no use. I can't do anything right. And then I'll just go into my own story. But since I did it for my own excitement at the time, I really didn't care about his response because I was getting so much satisfaction in the process of it from first receiving the idea and then getting really excited about it and then following the impulse and taking action from it. And by that point, I had gotten what I wanted already before the pizza even arrived at his place. So again, back to the story. I told him some food was going to be delivered and he thanked me and then he went back into a story of how there's no hope for getting his stuff back. And then he started telling me of all the thousands of dollars that were in that backpack, the laptops, the phone, the Nintendo Switch with all the games on it. And my response to that was, and I'm literally reading you guys the exact text that I sent him. I said, it's okay to be sad. There was a lot in there, but I believe in the goodness of people. Someone will return it. Nothing has been lost yet. And so the conversation went on. He turned on his Find My iPhone app and was following the phone as it was going along. And he was pretty much giving me a play-by-play of its location. And he was saying that it was definitely moving and heading out pretty far. At that point, it was about an hour away from the train station that he had just left. And I have no idea how that app works, but he was saying it was probably in someone's car and that they were taking it home and how he was saying, all hope is lost now. And at that point, I felt the desire to continue editing my podcast. (laughs) And I know he was in such a low state, but for some reason I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get back to my work now. So I put my phone down and I started to do just that. And maybe about 15 minutes later, he texts me again saying, oh my God, a nice couple found it and just called me. And I guess that find my iPhone app can display a phone number to call, which 
It did, and they called him, and he arranged with them a time to pick it up. And so, at this point, I'm like, wow. (laughs) When you are completely surrendered, and a sweet miracle like this happens, you usually respond in two different ways. The first response you have is like, oh my god, it's a miracle, this is amazing, how lucky, how awesome. And shortly after, you start to say to yourself, wait, of course this happened. I knew something like this was on its way. I knew this was leading to something amazing. And over time, as stuff like this starts to happen all the time, you begin to trust the universe and your intuition wholeheartedly with literally everything, big or small. And so let's say someone actually did take the backpack and actually took all of his stuff and never called him what would my response be in that moment? It would still be, this could be the best thing that happens to him. It could still be, something amazing is underway. It would still be, everything happens for a reason, and I know the universe knows exactly what it's doing and exactly what it's giving us. There's so much to be gained here. And what I'm trying to say here is, there's so much power in maintaining the same attitude, regardless of if the outcome is something you wanted or not. To believe you have the capacity to be even happier, regardless of how it plays out. And here's another example that just happened recently. About a month ago, we had to put my dog down. And let me tell you, I was devastated. I was so completely drenched in grief and tears and sorrow. She was my dog for about 10 years, and she was such a joy to be around. She was my dog when I was growing up as a teenager and going through all the crazy things you go through as a teenager. And she was just that steady happiness that was always there for me through it all. And even just thinking about it right now makes me a little bit emotional, but there's still some grief that I'm still processing. And at the beginning, the grief was so overwhelming, but now it comes in occasionally and I know that's okay. I know that's part of the process and I know it's okay to be in grief. I'm not in a hurry to get over it and there's no need to be in a hurry about it. However, in the beginning, when the grief was just the center of my experience, There were thoughts in my head that were saying, I don't know how I could ever be happy again. I don't know how I could ever laugh again. I don't know how I could ever feel the joy of her essence again. And as I was feeling that way, an amazing realization just flashed within me. It was like getting the tower card in tarot. It's like the type of realization that knocks you off your feet. And it was the realization that I have the potential to be even happier after this experience. I think there is this automatic assumption that with any loss, you won't ever be able to feel as happy as you once were before. For example, if you were living your life at a 7 out of 10, right? Like 10 being the most amazing, blissful happiness you could ever feel and you were living seven out of 10, then after a loss like that, like losing a dog or losing a parent or a child, you somehow get into this place where you believe 
you can never be at that level again, that maybe you could be only at your highest, like a five out of 10. You can never feel the joy of life again. Things will never be the same. You won't be able to smile again. But with that flash realization that I had had, I realized, no, if I was living at a seven out of 10 in my life before she had passed away, then right now I have the capacity to be even greater than that. I have the capacity to be at an eight or even a nine out of 10. And it was just this radiant beam of hope. It was actually more than just hope. It was trust. It was trusting that my life was unfolding for me in the most perfect way. And her passing was part of that perfect plan. And at that time, I was listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks stuff on YouTube. And I wasn't, I wasn't even purposefully looking for videos about grief. I think I was listening to a random video on joy. But then midway, someone in the audience had asked Abraham about dealing with her husband's death. And the topic shifted to how can you deal with losing a loved one? And they said something so profound. They said to stop focusing on where he was and to start focusing on where he is. And that was so completely radical and amazing to hear when I was in such deep despair of losing her. And now looking back at it, when she was in her physical form, whenever I would have to go out or leave her at home for a couple of hours, I would feel so guilty. I hated leaving her by herself. And now I can go wherever and know that I am taking her with me wherever I go. I can take her to vacations and show her the Grand Canyon and experience life with her in such a more magnified way. I can move anywhere, go anywhere, and know that she is right there with me. And it's like, that is what was meant when I received the thought that I can be happier even after all of this. And so going back to the original story here, even if his backpack was never, ever returned to him ever again, I believe he still had the highest potential to feel even happier without any of that stuff. And to tie it back to wanting to help others, I don't ever have to tell him any of this stuff. I could, but I don't have to. I can still envision him feeling radiantly happy and abundant and wealthy and in flow with life without him needing to be consciously accepting these ideas himself. The magic, the miracle is in my belief, my own vision of his highest good, I wasn't going to sit there and pity him. Pitying others is equivalent of picturing them at their worst and adding fuel to their beliefs in lack and scarcity and struggle. Envision others having the greatest capacity to being even happier, even more successful, and even more joyful. Because in doing that, you solidify that reality. And that is how you can cheer them on. That is how you can help them. By first 
believing that they can absolutely get through whatever it is they're going through and having your emotional vibration of belief and positive expectation for them connect them with their intuition and their inner being and well-being. And we don't have to picture them with ideal conditions. We can just envision their emotional experiences. I don't have to, I didn't have to picture my boyfriend getting his backpack back. I could just imagine his happiness and his joy because it was never about the backpack. It's about feeling abundance and feeling like you have everything you need and nothing less. It's about feeling like life is in total support of you and you can trust whatever unfolds. Imagine what this belief in others can do in influencing your action towards them. Watch your interactions with other people when you believe that they can do something versus believing that they can't. The actions and the emotional quality of those two scenarios are completely different. And so I hope this episode resonated with you in some way. And I'm really happy with the way all these stories naturally came together in this episode because I do believe this was a lesson that's been brewing within me all this time And life just finally gave me the perfect conditions to understand it from a place of knowing instead of just hearing words and understanding the stuff intellectually. And I'm glad I was able to share with you the experience of my dog passing away because that has literally been the biggest thing that I've been going through recently. And it's so good to be on the other side of things where I can see the bigger picture of how all of this plays out. To be honest, I didn't know how I was going to share the story of my dog. Anytime I just thought of even mentioning it on this podcast, I felt like it was too premature. And today, I really only had the intention of sharing this miraculous story of how my boyfriend got his backpack back, but it ended up weaving into the story with my dog in such a beautiful way. And that just goes to show that The divine plan is so much better than anything I could ever think of myself and that I can trust life. I can trust my intuition. I can trust the universe with every single thing. If this episode resonated with you in any way, please feel free to subscribe and leave me a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. Anyways, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week and I will talk to you later. Bye.